Amen. So, uh, this, this is going to be fun. It's going to be weird, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor Rick and I were at Dunkin' Donuts uh, uh, a few weeks ago talking about this, and, uh, and, and I'm not, uh, you mm-hmm. didn't do much of this. Were you team taught with someone? Is that uh, true? It's called a gang up, yes. Okay. And so we were thinking, you know, what could go wrong? Put two preachers on stage at the same time, give them 30 minutes total, and yeah, I mean, we're already getting the watch signed. Yeah, I appreciate that, Russ. So, um, starting on sabbatical, and my, my part um, is, is going to be a little interesting because I want to talk about rest and renewal, um, because essentially, uh, when I think about sabbatical in the next 12 weeks that I'm about to embark on, and Pastor Rick's going to talk all about kind of what sabbatical is, what sabbatical isn't, and so I'm not going to touch that. Um, really, uh, I'll keep I'll keep referencing it from time to time, but he's gonna he's gonna cover all of that. But I wanted you to turn to Psalm 16 with me, um, because as as I was thinking about uh, sabbatical this week and have really been praying over the last oh I don't know five or six months about this, um, I, I feel like God hit me over the head with Psalm 16 on Wednesday and said, "This is your sabbatical." Um, and so, have you ever been in a place? Have you ever been in a place where you need rest, where you felt like, I just need rest? Uh, last night, um, Kristen and I were, were sitting in the living room towards the end of the day, and, uh, and you know, she was just kind of thumbing through some things and, and looking through some things, and she said uh, this quote, which um, she was reading on, uh, on, on, one of, on a post, I think it was from Bob Goff, um, but it, go, it went a little bit like this, rest is holy, get some. <laughs> And uh, she, she said, I, I think it's time for bed. And, um, and so, and so, and so uh, you know, it's interesting. And I remember sitting and, and listening to Russ talk about rest a, a few years ago. And, uh, and, and he was talking about it more with abiding in the Word. He was listening to an African preacher one time that said, if you don't have time to abide in God's Word, if you don't have time to get into God's Word, stop what you're doing, and then you'll have time. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the more common themes that, 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 that I hear and, and that I even say and think about when it comes to rest uh, is, I don't have time to rest. Are you kidding me? What's rest? And, or, or, or one of the more, uh, I think, apparent things in our culture now is we don't know what's rest. Like, we don't know what is restful for us. Um, like, like, for me, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I enjoy playoff hockey. But that's anything but restful. You know what I mean? I mean, it's intense, these guys, beating each other up and all of that. It's fun, but it's intense. Um, But like, what's restful? Rest is not necessarily, you know, sitting on the couch for an entire Saturday. That's not necessarily rest. But what's rest? What's rest for you? Um, I once heard someone say, and I, I, I love this quote, um, if you work with your mind, you rest with your hands. If you work with your hands, you rest with your mind. I love that mm. and uh, have tried mm. to, to practice that. But one of the things that, that when it comes to 
Well, let's read Psalm 16, and I'll come back to that, okay? Let's read Psalm 16, and I'll come back to that. Uh, This is a psalm of David, and David says here, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply their drink offerings of blood. I will will not pour out or take their names on my lips. Look at verse 5. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. I love that verse. Man, I love that verse. We're going to come back to that. Verse 10, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I think there's two important things. David here is seeking refuge. David's seeking refuge. David is, is, is seeking security. He's seeking rest. You know, um, David in the Psalms, you could kind of look at him. He was all over the place. I mean, he would read, you know, uh, you, you know, he would write Psalms like this where I'm so secure, I'm so safe in my hand. And then, and then like two Psalms later, why have you forsaken your, you know, me? And, and he was all over the place. He was very up and down. But here... I love that we see David seeking refuge, seeking rest, seeking security. And there's two things that that I think he points out here that are important for us today when we talk about rest and that that I've kind of had to to do over the last few weeks. And the first one is this, um, God provides sanctuary, but number one, we've got to enter it. God provides rest. God provides refuge, but it's up to us to enter. We have a choice to enter that rest. We have a choice to enter that sanctuary. We have a choice to enter that refuge. I remember um, back when, when we were merging and South Gorham and South Coast were talking and I would sit in meetings and, and Pastor Russ would, would say, you know, at some point on the, on the other end of this merger, when we become, you know, one church and all of that, one of my big things, one of my uh, 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 no, non-negotiables is that Travis gets some rest. And not really knowing what that would look like, I thought, oh, that's cute, Whatever. Maybe I don't want rest, you know, <laughs> maybe that's scary thought for some of us. Um, and then, and then, you know, so we would, we merged and, and then it became a regular uh, topic in some leadership meetings. Uh, maybe every other one, uh, they, 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 they gave me a break on the off ones and, and, um, and they would just say, you know, we want you to get some rest. We want you to get some rest. And then I think they talked to Pastor Rick who was mentoring me and still mentoring me. And, and, um, and so sitting at Dunkin' Donuts, there was like a common theme with Pastor Rick that, hey, you need to get some rest. You need to get some rest. I highly recommend a sabbatical. And so in my thinking, I was always like, yeah, 2020. Well, maybe, maybe we'll do that in 2020. Maybe we'll do that in 2020. But, but back in the fall, I remember very clearly one day, all right, I need to shut these guys up. All right, I'll do this. 
I'll do this. Mm-hmm. I'll do this. And then not really knowing what it would look like, making the choice to enter that rest. And so I wish I could tell you, I wish I could sit here and, and tell you today, and maybe this is why you came and what you were looking for, um, what exactly the next 12 weeks are going to look like. You know, what I'm going to write in my journal. Uh, I know a couple of the things I'm going to read. I know tomorrow morning um, I'm going to clean out my garage, which sounds really restful. Um, no, but it, it's going to be good. Like, but, so there's some structure, but there's not, there's not too much structure because the theme of this sabbatical for me, and Pastor Rick's given me permission for this, and the elders have given me permission for this, is rest. Not taking classes, not, not writing a book, although I probably could. Um, uh, you know, not, 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 not any, just rest. The freedom and the permission to rest. And so then, you know, making the choice, right, to turn off the email, making the choice to, to, to separate myself in some ways, making the choice to protect that rest. And for you today, if it's sanctuary, if it's refuge, if it's rest, right, we have to make a choice to enter that rest. And we see David a couple of times clearly make that choice. Verse 1, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Didn't matter what was happening around him, he made the conscious choice, the declaration, the proclamation, I take refuge in you. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And then in verse 5, we see him make the choice again very vocally. The Lord is my chosen portion, my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. He's making a choice to enter refuge, to enter rest. And I encourage you today that if you're at a place where, you know what, um, I can't Rest. I can't figure this out. Make a choice. Make a conscious choice to figure that out. And some people are like, you know what? Um, that's great. And Rick's going to talk about this in a few minutes. That's great. I'm so glad that, that you can do that. I could never do that. What's been fascinating is a, a few of the books that I've read, a few of the things that I've looked at um, over the last couple months in preparation for this, the number of people in the business world, the number of people in the secular world that get to a point where they can't keep going and they go to their firm and they say, listen, um, I'm taking three months off. I need that break. And the firm looking back at them and saying, uh, that's not a thing. You can't do that. And then them looking back and saying, yes, I am. And three months later, they go back and have a job. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you make that choice to enter into God's rest and say, you know what? God's in control of this. He's going to work it out. God's in control of this. I need rest. He's calling me to this rest, and that makes a big difference, right? But the Bible has so much to say about rest, it's up to us to enter into that rest. And the second thing we see here, which I think is equally as important, is, um, and, and the writer of one of the commentaries I was reading put it this way, so I'll just quote him, Trust that momentary discomforts of the sanctuary mm-hmm. are far better than the danger outside. Yes. And so can we, can we pause on this one for just a minute? <laughs> Let me read it again. Trust that momentary discomforts of the sanctuary are far better 
than the danger outside. This is weird. Like I've been asked so many times over the last couple weeks, aren't you looking forward to your sabbatical? No. Like, I mean, yes, no, like, sort of, maybe, I'm not sure, depends on the date, like, I am, and I want you to hear that, I was talking with some folks last night, I truly feel sent on the sabbatical by our leadership, by Pastor Rick, by our church here, I truly feel sent and given permission to do the things that I need to do in the space, and for that, I am so overwhelmed and so blessed and so grateful, but I've got to tell you, to wake up tomorrow morning and not do what I do, like, not go to aromas and meet with a couple of you and, like, not start writing a sermon because sermon prep day, a bulk of it happens on Monday. Like, that's going to be so weird. It's going to be so weird. And so I read this and I look at this and I see the heart of David and how set he is on the things of God, how determined he is on the things of God. If the Lord is my chosen portion, the Lord is my chosen portion. I need nothing else. He holds my cup. He holds my lot. The lines have fallen for me. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I'm sure that David didn't always feel like doing that. I'm sure that didn't always feel quote-unquote normal for David to believe those things, to think those things, to feel those things, to do those things. But he did. Why? Because he believed that God was enough in his life and the, that, that living for God, even the momentary discomforts that would come along with that, the momentary suffering, as Peter puts, after you've suffered a little while, right? Those things, those discomforts that were promised are far better than living outside of God's grace. Those momentary awkwardness, those, those things, they're far better than not resting. They're far better than the, 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 the situations or the, 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 the burnout that comes with not taking rest. Therefore, he writes in verse 9, as a result of the, those choices as a result of entering. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Verse 9 is my prayer for the next 12 weeks. For me, for Kristen, mm -hmm. for our kids, and for you. For you. Psalm 16, 9. My heart is glad. We've been so blessed by those of you that have come up and, and hugged our necks, hugged Kristen's neck, hugged my belly. <laughs> so blessed by those of you that say we're so excited that you get this time. We're so excited that you're taking that. We're so excited that you're making the choice to, to do that. We're so excited for you. We've been so blessed by that. My heart is glad. My, that's my prayer for me, that 
my heart would be glad. That's my prayer for Kristen and our kids, but that's also my prayer for you. And our whole being rejoices. You know, I think the biggest fear, if I can, <laughs> if I can share, like, one of my biggest fears is, um, is, is coming back in August and you guys like, hey, we didn't need you. We didn't miss you. Like, we don't want you anymore. How me-centered is that, right? But the reality is, and the thing that God's hit me upside the head over the last couple weeks and maybe why it's so weird and awkward is you don't need me. You don't. Like, we want to be together, right? We want to worship together. We get to worship together. But at the end of the day, and I think Pastor Rick's going to talk about this in just a few minutes, you don't need me. We don't need Ian. We don't need Jeff. We don't need... The blessing is that we get to have each other. But our whole being rejoices in that God is enough. And my prayer is that he challenges us both with that over the next 12 weeks. My heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh dwells secure. My flesh dwells secure. My flesh dwells secure. And I think those three things are my prayers for all of us, that our hearts would be glad, our whole being rejoices, and our flesh dwells secure, not because we're worshiping each other, but because Christ is enough. Hmm. And so it's our choice to enter, right, and accept that the momentary discomforts are far better than living outside of that rest. And so God, I pray That even though um, parts of this don't feel normal, mm-hmm. even though it feels odd that I won't be up here next week for the next few, God, our whole being can rejoice. Our hearts can be glad. And our flesh can dwell secure because you're still God. And because you're enough for each and every one of us. And so make that real to us today. Make that real during this sabbatical. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see Summit. In 12 weeks. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in and through me and my family in the next 12 weeks and I can't wait to come back God with you making my heart glad and my whole being rejoicing in you and my flesh secure in who you are and what you have for me in Jesus name I pray Amen 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 Yay. You can put that uh, over there.
Yes, so he can slowly cross the front here. Everybody goes to prayer immediately. There we go. Or I can do this, which is a lot more fun, as long as the brakes work. There we go. Um, this is incredibly exciting, and yes, it's weird, okay. Um, I'm excited uh, for what God is doing here, right here among us. It's incredible. Um, when you think about it, uh, stacking up, uh, uh, let's just have an ordination confirmation on Ian. That's amazing in and of itself. And then we talk about the pastor's, uh, lead pastor going on sabbatical. Well, that's exciting too, because both of them have a same sense of being commissioned, set apart, sent. I love that part. Um, it's also kind of weird, and I know that, and I'm trying to figure out where my wife is. I can't pan where she is. She might be, she's, she will be jumping in here in a second, but we've both been on sabbatical ourselves, and after many years of ministry, so it is, uh, it's a wonderful thing, and it's weird. So there's two. There's an alliteration, two Ws. But I, I need to say this to all of you. The reason I'm here is actually to say that uh, a pastoral sabbatical is. Um, it's more than we think. A pastoral sabbatical, when God is in it, is really more than we think. Uh, in fact, oftentimes I feel it's just. Uh, I don't, confusing. What, what is this? Or some of you are sitting here, I'm sure, and reading your mind. You're going to be saying, well, why not me? I could use a sabbatical right now. Uh, and yet, we're talking about Travis. So what I want to be able to do, what I'd love to be able to do shortly and briefly is uh, to tell you about a pastoral sabbatical or what sabbatical is, but I'd love to be able to begin by telling you what it is not, okay? So uh, if you can come with me on this uh, while, I, while I talk about what sabbatical is and why sabbatical, I first want to start with what sabbatical is not. So it's not, first of all, a privileged time. It's not a privileged time, uh, an extended vacation. Sometimes people say, ah, you're going on vacation. No, it's not an extended time. Uh, and you need to realize that because you may, some of you may be thinking, gee, I wish I could have one. I'm sure I'm reading somebody's mind here. Um, if you were honest, uh, you'd be feeling that. So it's not a privileged time. It's also not... Uh, uh, practical reward, you know, some kind of merit thing, like, well, you've been such an awesome pastor, we really want to give you a sabbatical, you know, or the church has really grown, and therefore, uh, before you groan, that I thought of that on my own, uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, you've earned this. No, it is not that. It is not a practical reward. It's not a personal need, uh, you know, some crisis or emergency, uh, and you may be thinking, well, Gosh, I hope the pastor's okay. Uh, and it's also not for private gain. Uh, well, you know, a little excuse for job searching, looking around, maybe, who knows, while I'm on sabbatical, I might find a, another place type. No, that's not what a pastoral sabbatical is about, okay? So um, 
and again, I'll, we'll keep saying it over and over and over again, Pastor Travis and Kristen and family, they're all coming back, okay? So um, that's, let's just settle that. So let me tell you what a, pa- a pastoral sabbatical is, okay? It is, uh, and again, because I've experienced it myself, it's a period of restoration. Restoration from what? It, restoration from overcrowded schedules, which I'm sure all of us can agree to. I can relate to overcrowded schedules, but if you're going to be restored from overcrowded schedules as a pastor, uh, restored to what? Well, restored to uh, a space, a place for in-depth study, uh, uh, reading scripture, prayer, time alone with God. That's what it's really about, okay? So it's a period of restoration. It's also time for a time of renewal, renewal from overextended care of others, and that does happen. Uh, But for what purpose? To renew the pastor, and I'm going to say, and family, I'm looking right at Kristen, and and the whole family, uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's a time of renewal. It's also a season of disengagement. Uh, emphasis on dis, okay, disengagement, uh, disengagement uh, from over, uh, you know, extended stuff, uh, from overwork responsibilities and relationships. Sometimes uh, the pastor can get so over committed, over, uh, you know, engaged in uh, relationships, responsibilities, but for what purpose? Just to go on vacation? No. It's to uh, engage in the greater responsibility of a deeper relationship with God. Sometimes there's this uh, trade-off, and I'm looking at someone who can relate in ministry, how you can be such a great pastor. You've got time out there for everyone, and less and less and less time with God. So uh, the nature of ministry these days, especially today, uh, in today's culture, let's just say it's not necessarily a healthy thing. Okay, that's a nice way to put it. So a pastor is seen as, well, uh, you're always available. Okay, always available, 24-7. I hear that all the time, 24-7. and I quickly want to say Jesus wasn't 24-7, uh, but somehow pastors both be tw- always available. Also, ever-creating, Pastor Travis just talked about it. Is it Monday? Is when you... St- it's... Yeah. Some can relate to when you fix a nice meal or supper and, like, you get that thing on the table and you're already thinking, what are we going to have for, you know, next... It's kind of like that in the pastoral realm. You're always thinking, always creating, always uh, thinking of other things. And you're ever pouring out, but not taking in. Okay, so always giving, but not so much receiving. Um, That's nature. Well, what happens when that happens? Well, we all know the word, say stress. Stress, come on, say stress. Stress, uh, we've, that's part of our vocabulary. It's probably one of the most used words around. We're all stressed. Everybody's stressed out, okay? But stress in the sense of uh, ministry is, is, becomes uh, kind of ever, uh, uh, you know, taxing and uh, tiring. And then it becomes actually toxic, okay? And then, then there's a rush. And I'm, I'm sure uh, Pastor Travis can relate to this. It's called uh, the rush of 
being on adrenaline all the time. And then topping it off with a nice cup of coffee from um, a frequent place where you go for coffee. I'm just gonna say that because I don't wanna say anything negative about any place, but uh, adrenaline all the time, topped off with coffee as much as possible, and less and less time of prayer, okay? That, that's not a good formula, uh, but it's a rush for what it's worth. And then there's the needs of ministry that can mean basically no regular uh, day off or uh, a time set apart, a real day off. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like uh, the phone call comes and it's like this. The opening line is, well, pastor, I know it's your day off, but... I know it's your day off, but... So you're always one call, one text away from a crisis all the time. So, so uh, the purpose of a pastoral sabbatical, therefore, is a purpose of uh, uh, time to not be available to the church, to be more available to God. Now, we all should be that, right? Uh, you know, less time to be available to everybody's needs and wants and wishes and more time to be available to God for his wants and desires, his plans, okay? That is what pastoral sabbatical is about. Now, Pastor Travis, we know, is a person who has uh, been into ministry a lot for many years. What is it, eight plus years, something like that. Uh, you know, that's close enough to talk about it that way. And as he came on board as pastor, there was a need to bring the church into uh, healing and then guiding it through transition. And then finally, uh, you know, to bring about a unified merger, which is what we are currently. Now, I'm, I'm here to say any one of those three, anyone, uh, work on a healing a church, uh, bringing a church around to transition, merger, any one of those three would be enough. And he's done three. And then at the same time, uh, we've got to say this. You all know Travis enough. We've got to say this. He's made the change from, uh, let's call it a cultural change, from the south to the north, okay? And you all have seen how difficult that is, and my brother and my brother has seen how difficult it is uh, to him to understand the weight. So cultural change. Uh, let's throw in also starting a family. Um, so while we're paying for, praying for Travis in all of his cultural change pressures, let's pray for Kristen in terms of uh, four children while we're doing that. And, uh, you know, he's lost his dad, his father passed away just recently. And, uh, and while all of that was happening, Pastor Travis represented this church locally, uh, nationally, and internationally. And on top of that, he says, I've heard him say it to all of us, I love you guys. I can't, I, I've worked on the imitation of Travis, I can't, but that was the best I could do. Um, but he loves us. He loves Summit Church. He loves us. Okay, that's, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's a work of God. That is God's doing, okay? And we are so incredibly blessed for that, okay? So, so let me just say, uh, uh, as a mentor has already been said, I definitely have encouraged uh, Pastor Travis more than once. It's time, brother. Just go for it. You really need to take a sabbatical. So let me just uh, uh, say briefly, a sabbatical comes from uh, a word used a lot in the Old Testament, Sabbath. Say Sabbath. 
Sabbath, uh, the best way to think of it is not what you do on Sunday, church. Please don't associate it with that. It means, in a simple sense, it means stop. Say stop. Okay, so stop, cease. Uh, but there's a reason to just stop, okay? Uh, vacation is to stop and go somewhere and have a blast and then come home more tired than when you left, right? Uh, sabbatical's different. It means stop to engage, uh, or as, as Pastor was talking about, enter in to something. So it means to enter into time with God. So in Exodus, it talks about the Lord says, tomorrow, day of rest, um, solemn rest, I think it says, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. And then in Leviticus, uh, another uh, full book, talks about this interesting metaphor. It talks about six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruits. In other words, work the land for six years. And then it goes and says, but on the seventh year, what's supposed to happen? Nothing. Just let it go fallow. So guess what? Pastor Travis is going to go to weeds. Just, uh, um, but basically, the purpose of it is uh, to have time to Sabbath, be apart, separate, stop, cease, and be with the Lord. Okay, that's what it's about. So three basic reasons. Uh, you know, why are we doing this now? What's the purpose? Let me just hit them real quick. The first one is the church needs a sabbatical from the pastor. Now, that is extremely bodacious to say it this way, but we need a Sabbath from the pastor, okay? And some of you are thinking, well, why? And uh, sure, here's the reason why. Uh, so that we're less dependent upon the pastor and more dependent upon Christ. That's interesting. Um, I could even say, why are we here? Are we here because Pastor Travis is at work? Or are we here because God is at work? Okay? Uh, sometimes what happens in the church is when the pastor goes on vacation, guess what happens to the parishioners? <laughs> they go on vacation too. Well, I guess since the pastor's not preaching, I might as well go somewhere else. And yet, um, are you here because Travis is at work here, or are you here because God is at work here? I can honestly say I'm here because it is pretty obvious God is at work among us, okay? Uh, and then we, the church, have something to learn. Same thing. Uh, so the, we, the church, need a sabbatical from the pastor because we have something to learn. Uh, we need to learn about ourselves. We need to learn about uh, the church. We need to learn about God, okay? We need to learn about ourselves. We need to learn about the church. We need to learn about God. Um, we have an opportunity, basically, to grow. So the sabbatical is not about numbers. That's all attractional stuff. Uh, but it's about relationals. It's all about community stuff uh, together. And we also want to understand it's not about maintaining the church. Let's just hang on. Let's just drag our chins until uh, Pastor Travis and family gets back. We'll hold the fort. We get that. No, 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 no. That's not it. It's about advancing it. Okay, so so basically advancing the church forward, and it's not about a pastoral staff. You know, let's see what the pastoral staff can do. It's more about let's see what God can do through us. All right. So 
keeping that in mind, there's an action for us. The church, it gives us a chance to step up while the pastor steps away, not down, away, okay? Say away. All of, I'm not from Maine, I'm from away, but so I've learned that uh, people around here can say away really well, okay? Um, also, the pastor needs a sabbatical from, this is the second reason, pastor needs a sabbatical from, guess who? Us, absolutely. Um, why? Why would he need that? Well, to be less dependent upon the church and more dependent upon Christ. Absolutely right. Um, how many of you feel like, gosh, I know I, don't, I shouldn't feel this way, but our identity is wrapped up in what we do, okay? Our identity is wrapped up in what we do. So what do you think a pastor thinks when all the time he's called Pastor Travis? After a while, it's what you do. It's who you are. It's your identity. But his identity should be in who? In Christ, right? So uh, that's important. And pastors live in the tyranny of the urgent as well as everyone else. And so we need to realize that, uh, you know, I'm becoming more reactive than proactive. I need to uh, uh, stop being using my own strength, my own finesse, my own abilities, that kind of thing. So I've got something to learn, too, about myself. So Pastor Travis has to learn something about himself personally. He needs to learn about the church and I'm going to say universally, the church everywhere that Christ is lifted up. And he needs to learn about God very intimately, that kind of thing. Um, so he has an opportunity to grow. It's not about being, uh, you know, fervently successful, but being uh, faithfully healthy. It's not about his agenda. It's about God's agenda. It's not about listening to uh, the voices of us all but to rather listen to the voice of the Lord. Okay, now I know biblically we want that, but when it comes down to my needs, I want, you know, someone who cares about me to hear my voice. Well, you multiply that by all of us, and you get the drift, okay? So third, here's the, uh, well, let me just say the action for us all is it's a chance for the pastor, uh, while he, we're on, he's on sabbatical, we're on sabbatical. It's an opportunity for the pastor himself uh, to, I think the phrase that you used was, uh, was to release and relinquish, right? So it's a chance for that to take place. And then as we're sitting here, all of us, uh, let me just encourage you, there's another reason why this sabbatical is important for all of us and every single one of you. Uh, I don't know even while I've been talking, where you've gone in your head, don't want to know, but I want you to know this. The Lord wants our attention uh, during sabbatical. He really wants your attention, okay? He wants our attention. Uh, we all get distracted by the many and much of life. Life is just too crazy and full, and we're distracted and pulled all kinds of different directions. But still, do we think that we can do it ourselves? Uh, I don't know about you, but I've said, I can do this better myself, and, you know, and so we're busy doing that, distracted, or do we think we must try a little harder? I've heard some people, uh, and I'm not one of them, you can ask KD, uh, I'm really good at multitasking, and my goodness, 10 things at the same time next week, it's 15 things at the same time, right? 
uh, talk about distraction. And then, uh, you know, we we're just too busy, too busy. So we need, uh, all, you know, we need uh, to acknowledge we're all distracted. So we need to get, God's got to get our attention during sabbatical. What is it that I'm supposed to hear or understand? Uh, here's another one while we are getting attention from God. We need to realize that we need an ongoing relationship with God, not just a temporary, occasional relationship with God. Uh, do we think we can be spiritual but not faithful? A lot of people say, well, I'm very spiritual. But if we're talking to us who are following Christ, what does it mean to be faithful, full of faith? We've been on a series, we'll continue on what faith means, okay? That's hugely important. And do we think, uh, well, you know, here's the deal. I can turn God off and on like a switch every Sunday. Because when I come through these doors, turn the God switch on. And then when I leave these doors, turn the God switch off. That's not relationship. God wants our attention so we can be in relationship with him. And then God has more for us to do than we think. Some of you are here thinking, well, it's just little old me. I don't know if I have much to give or much to bring. Uh, you know, you think maybe that you're of little importance to God or to the church. Uh, you know, I, there's only a small part and I'm fulfilling it right now. I'm here sitting, worshiping here. Uh, or maybe you think that you're not gifted or qualified. You know, only the cool guys uh, stand up front and teach the word or something like that. Well, uh, you may be thinking also, I don't, I don't have much to give. I have little to give. I can just come here and worship every Sunday. And that's what I have to give. That's all I have to give. And if everyone feels the same way, we are not the body of Christ that he wants us to be. So the action then for us is to learn something, learn daily walk, daily dependence upon Christ. Uh, and Christ is the head of this church. It's uh, not the pastor, not the pastoral staff, but Christ is the head of this church as Savior and Lord. So let me just wrap up this. Sabbatical is more than we think it is. It certainly means more than what we think in terms of what the pastor and his family does, okay? There's a lot more involved, especially when God is in it. Uh, it's a God-designed purpose that we're all about here. And, and so basically there is a need, even in the busyness of ministry, the pastor needs to, starts with an S, say it with me, stop, stop, say stop, S say it to him. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> I feel power. Yes, okay. Um, so that's what he needs to do. But stop not just to uh, have a nice cup of coffee and soak in the sun and whatever, but to engage the Lord. Okay, stop what you're doing. Engage him. He wants time with you. He's been longing for time with you. So do that. And then spend time with your family as well, doing that, engaging what family should do. So three reasons then the church needs a sabbatical from the pastor. The pastor needs a sabbatical from the church. And God wants our attention in the sabbatical. So here it is. Here's the question for all of us. What is God asking of you to do during this time away that you know, Pastor Travis and family are away. Uh, what is God asking you to do during that time? Uh, some of us will be taking vacations and breaks and all that, but 
I'm talking about a true sabbatical. What is it that God wants us to do and be? And what are you going to learn about yourself? What are you going to learn about the church? And what are you going to learn about God? There be the question, okay? So Pastor Travis and family, they are coming back, okay? And they will be coming back. I'm going to keep saying it. Meanwhile, what does God want you to enter into uh, that's going to strengthen your walk with him? Let's, uh, actually, I want to pray anyway. Let me just pray quickly. Lord, thank you for this gift in this time. And uh, again, just all of us are wrestling as we're here with uh, being uncomfortable about what we should enter into that you want us to experience. So, Lord, help us in this day, I pray in your name. Amen.